there came a point this past Friday when the whole world was unified in a common experience of horrified grief. When the news was eventually released that 26 people had been executed in a school, Sandy Hook Elementary School, and that 20 of the victims were six and seven-year-old children. In unison, people all over the world recoiled in shocked anguish and sadness and grief and anger. This tragedy has broken hearts all over the world, but perhaps more than any other place in the world, those of us in this region, those of us in this room, we feel the horror the most. Having something this awful happen this close fills us with emotions that are hard to process. At the center of this tragedy is the story of, a, of grotesque violence and shattered lives. But there are also stories of heroism and love and faith. And in terms of faith, thousands of people in Newtown and other towns are turning to God, turning to prayer, turning to church, seeking comfort. And it's refreshing to hear the media supporting the idea that a crisis such as this in Newtown highlights the importance of church fellowship and a relationship with God. Right now, there is an openness to God, perhaps like at no other time in our history, in our region. But on the other hand, people everywhere are asking questions. The same social media that has brought a wave of positive messages of support and comfort, the same social media is filled with people asking spiritual questions. I read one note from the sister of a murdered teacher in which she cries out, Why, God? Why did you take my sister? But there are other questions, too. Questions like, where is God? Where is God in the midst of this evil? And then one more question that comes over again and again. God, how could you let this happen at Christmas time? We all agree that a tragedy like this hurts even more at Christmas time. But it is interesting that this kind of evil actually appears in the biblical story of Christmas. In the Gospel of Matthew, the Christmas story moves from the birth of Jesus to the visit of the wise men and finally to a tragic event. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. When the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. 
When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. The massacre in Bethlehem became known historically as the slaughter of the innocents. And these words from Matthew are some of the saddest words in Scripture. They are also words that reveal how God's word does not sugarcoat the reality of evil and that we live in a world of evil. And God's word also teaches us the truth about evil and suffering in our world. And I'd like to review these truths today, not in an effort to make sense of what happened Friday. It is impossible to make sense out of a senseless act. But I'd like to review what the Bible has to say about evil because God's truth is the only source of real peace. And it is a substance of the comfort we can offer to our neighbors. The first truth revealed in Scripture is that God is not the author of evil. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible reveals that the world that we call home was created by God in a perfect state. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, we're told, God saw all that he had made, and it was very, very good. Scripture makes it clear that God is good, and everything he does is good, which means that God did not create evil, never does evil, and is never the author of evil. So if God does not create evil, where does it come from? Well, Scripture describes the entrance of sin in the account of Adam and Eve and the tree of knowledge of, uh, of good and evil. Scripture describes how God put Adam and Eve in the garden that was free of evil and gave our first parents two things, a command and a choice. God gave Adam and Eve a command to not eat from one tree. But along with this command, God also gave Adam a choice. God gave Adam and Eve the freedom to choose to follow God's word or to rebel against him. They chose to rebel. Adam sinned. And the fact that there is evil in our world has never been in doubt since that first sin. And certainly in the shadow of this Newtown tragedy, it is hard for anyone to seriously deny the reality of evil in our midst. But there are people who claim that this evil proves that there is no God. Some say evil is everywhere, and that is why I can't believe that God is anywhere. I can't believe that there is a good God as described in the Bible. This may seem like a logical conclusion, 
but rightly understood, the existence of evil is actually a strong proof for the existence of God. Why? Well, because of the universal appeal that we all make to morality and justice in our world. People everywhere are outraged over the murder of children and their teachers. People everywhere are outraged at such injustice and evil. But the question needs to be asked, why does everyone on the planet agree that these murders are morally wrong? Where does our inborn rage against moral injustice come from? It comes from a creator who is morally good and who is a perfect judge. We are created in God's image with a desire to see good rewarded and evil brought to justice. So the existence of evil is actually a strong proof for the existence of God. But this leads to the next question, which is, why does God allow evil in this world? This is a fair question because the Bible teaches that God is all-powerful. And if God is all-powerful, doesn't this mean that God could have created a world without evil? And the answer is yes. God could create a world without evil. And the first two chapters of Genesis teach us that God did create a world without evil. But then came the creation of Adam and Eve and the truth that the all-powerful God could not create humans with real free choice and also eliminate the possibility of evil. And you may say, what do you mean? If God's all-powerful, then He can do anything, right? No, that's not right. Being all-powerful does not mean that God can do anything. Being all-powerful means that God can do anything that is consistent with His nature and truth. There are things an all-powerful God cannot do. God cannot do things that are contrary to His nature. God cannot make mistakes. God cannot cease to exist. God is also incapable of doing things that are false or illogical. For instance, God cannot create a square circle. God cannot create a rock that is so big that He cannot lift. And here is something just as illogical, that God cannot do. God cannot create human beings with real ability to choose and eliminate the possibility of evil. For God to make it impossible for human beings to choose evil is as illogical as God creating a square circle. So God's choice was either to eliminate the possibility of evil or eliminate the possibility of humanity. God weighed the cost of evil and his suffering uh, and its suffering with the cost of no humanity. And God chose to bring me and you into existence. And I'm glad he did. And I'm also glad about God's reason for creating us. The reason that God created humans like you and me with the power to choose good and evil is because God wants a real relationship with us. God created me to have a relationship with Him. And the only way that God could make a real relationship possible was to give me a free will where I have the power to choose to love God or hate God. 
I have the power to choose to please God or to hurt God. I have the power to choose good or to choose evil. Six-year-old Emily Parker lost her life on Friday. Yesterday, her father, Robbie, was the first grieving Sandy Hook parent to give a news conference. And in the middle of this news conference, Robbie Parker was asked if he was angry at God. And in a rough quote, he responded by saying this. No, I'm not angry with God because I know that God gives us all free agency and the power to make choices for good or for evil. The shooter used that freedom for evil. But that same God gives me the freedom to choose good. And that is what I'm trying to do now in speaking out for peace, forgiveness, and love. And I think these words from this grief-stricken father are profound and true. In order to give me the freedom to choose love, God also had to give me the freedom to choose hate. In order to give me an appreciation for joy and beauty and goodness, God had to also create the capacity to experience sadness and ugliness and evil. There are people who rail against God for allowing evil in this world. There are people who demand God to eliminate evil today. But they don't understand what they're asking for. Because the only way that God could eliminate evil today would be for Him to eliminate humanity today. God hasn't brought human existence and human experience to an end. But someday... He will. And each day God delays the elimination of evil is an expression of God's compassion toward humanity and not his apathy toward evil. The presence of evil in our world is proof that God has given us the power to choose. And God allows evil to allow us time to choose him. And I think that we should all be praying that in this midst of catastrophic evil, there will be neighbors who choose to run into the saving arms of the Savior Jesus Christ. And like I said, there is evidence all around us that that's exactly what is happening. Our neighbors are turning to God, turning to church, and Lord willing, they will turn to you. Join me in praying that God will give us opportunities to love our hurting neighbors with both helping hands, with crying eyes, but also with comforting words about God's love in Jesus. But as people turn to God, it leads to at least one more question, which is, where is God in the midst of evil and suffering in this world? Well, the first answer to this question is that God is in the process of defeating evil. There are many people who scream at God for not stopping all evil and suffering. And this is a little bit like leaving a movie halfway through and complaining that it has a lousy ending. The story isn't finished yet. 
The Bible makes it clear that there is an end to God's story, but we are not there yet. God hears our cries over the effects of sin. God hears us cry out for an answer to all the murder and mayhem in our world. And God's answer is that He is in the process of defeating evil once and for all. That God has a plan for defeating evil becomes clear in Scripture from the very moment that sin entered the world. Immediately after Adam and Eve rebelled against God, God announced His plan to end evil. When He said to Satan in the garden, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike His heel. From the very beginning, God announced that there was a plan to defeat evil and that this plan included a suffering Savior whose heel would be bruised. The Savior would be hurt and His suffering would lead to victory over evil. The message of the Bible is, is a unique claim in all the world. It's the unique claim that God became fully human in Jesus Christ. And therefore, God knows firsthand what it feels like to suffer evil. And this leads us back to Christmas. God came to us in the person of Jesus. But when God came to us, He didn't come to us as an invincible untouchable God, clothed in luxury and sheltered from pain. No, God came to us as a helpless, innocent child. And as we've read, God came to us within reach of an evil madman who ordered the murder of children in Bethlehem. From the moment of his birth, Jesus was hounded by evil and death. And when the time was right, Jesus allowed evil to nail him to a cross. So where is God in the midst of evil? Well, when I look at Jesus on the cross, I know what the answer is not. The answer is not that God is loveless, detached, apathetic, or doesn't care about evil and suffering. In fact, Jesus' suffering on the cross proves that God in some mysterious way has allowed himself to be a victim of evil, just like you are and I am. With personal feeling, God is able to weep with those who weep in Newtown. The Heavenly Father knows what it feels like to lose his one and only Son to the bloody hands of evil. But in the cross, Jesus is not just a victim of evil. He is a victor over evil. Jesus died to defeat death and overcome the power of evil through his resurrection. As we, one by one, come to Jesus and receive the forgiveness that comes through his work on the cross, we are given the resources of His indwelling Spirit, who increasingly gives us victory over the evil inside us, who increasingly gives us love and forgiveness that defeats evil around us, who gives us the guarantee of our ultimate victory over death.
And speaking of eternal life in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the end of the story, we're told this about heaven. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and God will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. God's story has the greatest ending. God's story ends with evil defeated forever because of the work of Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, where there was mourning at Christmas. There is also mourning this Christmas. But for those of us who are in Christ, there is coming a day when there will be no more mourning, no more crying, and no more pain. Where God gives us the opportunity Let us embrace those who are grieving among us. Let us weep with those who weep. Let us show God's love. Let us share God's truth. Let us reach out with the comfort that comes only in Jesus, who triumphs over evil now and forevermore.